Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Marriage Radio. This is Kimberly Holmes. I think there was music that just played. That was very strange. I think that Joe added music to the show without telling me. Um, Interesting. So, hi, my name is Kimberly Holmes. I am stepping in tonight for Dr. Joe Beam. He is out of commission at the moment. He will be having surgery tomorrow. It is um, just a procedure, nothing to worry about, but um, we are praying for him, and I will be there with him all day tomorrow, so keep him in your prayers. If that is something that you do, we would appreciate it very much, and I have the opportunity to step in tonight, and I'm excited because we are going to be talking about a subject that people have a lot of questions about, and that subject is, can a marriage recover from an affair? There's many people out there, and when we look at what people search on Google, we see that people search for things like, uh, how do I tell my spouse about my affair? Can I trust my spouse after an affair? Can my marriage be saved after an affair? There's a lot of questions that people have about how to fix their marriage after an affair has happened. Now, my marriage has not been affected by an affair. We, my husband and I went through something different, but I have the pleasure tonight of speaking with a couple that has done amazing things with their marriage. We have known them for a couple of years now, which is crazy how fast the time has flown, but we've known them from a couple of years through. We started knowing them when the husband, Richard, was involved in an affair, so at the very thick of it, and while the wife, Petra, was fighting for her marriage, and we've been able to see their whole journey play out from them deciding to reconcile, from him coming back, them deciding to reconcile, to now they are amazing at mentoring other people, at just being an absolute uh, strong, strong anchor for so many people that are going through this situation, an awesome opportunity to speak with them tonight. Before we get into that, I want to remind everyone, if you're not aware of what's happening, we're doing something pretty cool on Friday that we've never done before. This Friday is Black Friday, as many of you may be aware. And I'm definitely one of those people who, well, before they started doing things on Thanksgiving Day, which I refuse to do, but on Thanksgiving or on Black Friday, me and my mom would wake up 3 a.m., Go hit all the stores. I love Black Friday. But this Black Friday, we're going to be doing something very different. If you're a person who says, I want to do something more productive with my time, I don't want to go fight those crowds, then I've got great news for you. We're doing something called Black Friday Boot Camp. And basically in this boot camp, I'm so excited about it. I couldn't be more excited. I've been prepping for it for a week now. It's going to be amazing. In this boot camp, What happens is you get a special invite to a live webinar. On that webinar, I'm going to be teaching you this five-step model of exactly what to do 
and say and how to approach your spouse about getting your spouse to seek marriage help with you and doing all of these things to uh, encourage your spouse to say yes. These are all of the best practices, the things that have worked for other people. I mean, this is literally a step-by-step playbook. I did all of the slides for it today. It's awesome. It is so in-depth. It is absolutely amazing. I wish I would have had something like this a couple of years ago when I was going through this kind of issue. It is awesome. So Black Friday Bootcamp, you get that. That's a webinar that happens at 2 p.m. Central Time on Friday, but you also get a recording of it if you can't make it. If you do decide to go Black Friday shopping, you'll get a recording, and then there's two other bonus videos you're going to get as well. One of those videos is one of our sessions from our Marriage Helper 911 workshop, which is absolutely so cool that we're doing this, that we're making this available. And this this session that we're going to be sharing with you is one of the most popular sessions. It's uh, one problem that is prevalent in almost every marriage called the wall. And we're going to be telling you about that problem and how you can reverse that problem. So you can listen to it, but you can also share it with your spouse. It's one of those things where even if your spouse wants out of the marriage, it's beneficial for everyone. And then you're going to get a second bonus video, and that's going to be a video for a spouse who's wanting out of the marriage, who's hesitant to get marriage help. And it's just going to be um, helping them think some things through before they say no. So all of that is only $7. It's amazing, amazing price. And you can get it at your dot marriagehelper.com slash black friday boot camp all one word your dot marriagehelper.com slash black friday boot camp i'm super excited about it i hope to see you on it that'll be this friday um, so be sure to sign up before then because we have to get you the login information but now that all that's out of the way some housekeeping stuff out of the way i believe we have our special couple of the evening right here can you hear me, Richard and Petra? Yeah, Kimberly. Yeah, this is Richard. We can hear you. Can you hear us? I can hear you. I'm here too. Awesome. It's so good to hear your voices. How are y'all doing this evening? Very good. No, we are very honored to be back on the show, and it's uh, great to do this tonight with you. Uh, so we have been looking forward to it. Well, you always talk so proper. Every, every time I hear the two of you talk, <laughs> It just makes me rethink my my education and humanity. I don't even know, but I love listening to the two of you talk. So um, you know that, that that I can return this compliment. Uh, Petra and I are big fans of you guys, so that seems to be a mutual thing. <laughs> you can just start throwing the word y'all in every so often, and you know. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> You'll be good to go. You'll be good to go now. I know that you have been on a few times because, number one, we love you, and number two, everyone else loves you. So you've been on a whole lot. We've talked about a lot of things. um, But tonight I wanted to, and you might have answered some of these questions before, but even as I was thinking about it yesterday, I was remembering when I first was introduced to the two of you and where you were in the middle of your story and just the way that it's played out since then. Uh, it's it's been really remarkable to watch all of the things that have happened, especially to where you are now, how strong you are, how how much you're helping other people. It's an amazing testimony that the two of you have. And so I kind of wanted to um, not necessarily start at the beginning, but kind of in kind of in the middle of your story, more towards uh, 
the the end, there's something that Joe talks about called stage three limerence. And I don't know, uh, for the people out there who may not be aware of what stage three limerence is, it's this time in limerence where the person who's in limerence is kind of waffling between being in limerence and coming out of limerence. And so they're wavering back and forth between whether or not to go back to their spouse or to end their affair or even maybe in their affair, but they might not want to go back to their spouse. It's just that that kind of valley process that, that people are in. And so a lot of people, especially in our Facebook group, the Save My Marriage group on Facebook, have been having these questions of, what do I do if my spouse is in this stage? How do I know if my spouse is in this stage? And so that's kind of where I wanted to enter into y'all's story. Um, Richard, when you were in that where you kind of started realizing that you may not want to be with this other person, but you didn't know, where were you? Did you know you wanted to go back to your marriage at that time? Or just explain to me what some of your thoughts were. Yeah, so uh, in my situation, um, uh, when, when you know, going through the stage three limerence, as you described it, um, I, I needed some quiet time, and I took this quiet time to really figure out what I wanted to do. And um, uh, one thing that, of course, was on the table, because uh, Petra did keep the door open. She was very open about that. I knew that. Um, and um, so I went through this uh, thought process of, um, you know, really being cognizant, really understanding that what I'm going to decide is, is, is a big deal. So I was in this phase of slowly but steadily coming to my senses um, and uh, also remembering a lot of things um, like uh, the value of, um, of family, what it meant to me, and um, uh, also realizing, and it's kind of a, you know, in, in retrospect, it's, 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 nothing was funny, but it is kind of funny because uh, I, I – even though I didn't want to admit it while I was having my affair, um, I definitely noticed that Petra had become a more independent, a uh, stronger woman, a woman who um, really was moving forward, who had become a better, stronger, uh, all over a more attractive person. And um, so as I was kind of trying to make sense out of the situation that I was going through, so as you just described, Kimberly, you know, in the stage three limerence, getting kind of out of it, um, that all played actually a big role. Hmm. So what if she hadn't been doing those things? What if the way that she had been reacting towards you would have been different? Do you think you would have had the same response? Um, that's hard, hard to say, but um, it would have been more difficult. It would have been harder to come to this conclusion because um, for me, when I was kind of looking at the options of what I wanted to do, and it was not so much like, you know, what are these, the options, but what I wanted to do, um, it was a big plus, a, a, a big helper to um, really come to this realization. Um, the reason why I took more time was because I really wanted to make sure I did not want to, you know, ask Petra, even ask Petra for reconciliation if I wasn't 100% sure that that's what I wanted to do. Hmm. Hmm. Was there ever a... <laughs> so, so you have to tell me more, Kimberly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did I surprise you? 
I don't I don't know. I don't know if it surprised me or not because remember I was working with Petra at this time. I was I don't do it anymore, but I was her marriage coach then. So I'm hearing so I'm hearing your side of things from and I'm remembering what she was saying during that time. So I'm kind of putting these two things together in my head and it's like, oh, a lot so, of things are making uh, maybe, sense. Maybe one thing that would, that would help, right? Uh, I mean, uh, so I was maybe jumping a little bit too far ahead. So, I mean, there was still time when um, I, I was kind of, in, in quotes, fighting for my affair. Mm. So I mean there were lots of doubts also, but um, you know what you what you could do if you um, if you kind of puzzled yourself right now, you can ask me uh, a few more specific questions to kind of remind me what you were trying to look to look for. Well, first of all, you just said a term that I wrote down because I thought was very intriguing. You said there were times you were fighting for your affair. What do you mean by that? What did that look like? Um. <laughs> so, it, I have to qualify this um, before I answer this because, uh, you know, today um, I have a much different, a very different view of things. Um, mm-hmm. But um, when you are in an affair, when you are in limerence, um, your, 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 your thoughts are not necessarily as rational as you think they, your thoughts are really. Um, I think mm-hmm. you are really pretending a lot, you are, um, uh, you know, rationalizing, I mean, a lot of things you're just rationalizing away. You know, there are people mm-hmm. who call rationalizing kind of, um, uh, you know, basically lying to yourself. Um, so what I meant with fighting for the affair was um, during this, and, and uh, you know, Kimberly, I may not remember this correctly, exactly what stage three limerence really means, but when Joe explained this to me, what I remember is that this is when usually, you know, one person fades out of limerence earlier than the other. And the one that kind of fades, fades out, either hasn't faded out or is fading out slower, tries to pull back. And that's what mm-hmm. I meant with fighting for the affair. Do, mm-hmm. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Who pulled out of limerence first, you or her? Uh, it was her. Okay. And uh, and uh, there was also something that I remember uh, Cho explaining um, when you actually start going into limerence in the stage one, where it's often uh, that one of the two is actually pulling uh, while the other person uh, is maybe more reluctant. So... Um, I just, you know, from the, this, this uh, stage three, I, I just remember, I recall this quite well. I was the one, um, so she was the one who was kind of wanting to leave the affair. And, you know, she, she made this comment, you know, she wants to be friends going forward with all options kept open. And that's really not something that I wanted to do. Right, right. Now, when when things started kind of, ending and she was this other woman was pulling away and you started realizing well what did you start realizing when she started pulling away and and there was this time at some point where you realized the this wasn't going to work out was your thought and this might kind of go back to what you said before but was your first thought oh I'm going to go back to my marriage of course that's the next logical thing or was there this battle in your mind of what you should do next 
It was definitely, uh, um, I would say it was neither one or the other. It was really a process where I first had to deal with the fact that, wow, so this this uh, relationship with my former affair partner was not going to continue, and at least mm-hmm. not the way that I had envisioned. So um, that option kind of um, fell off the table. And um, so I, you know, one, one path was trying to pull her back in, the former affair partner. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, as, as, you know, and then I also start looking at, at other options. I think it was, it, it fairly quickly materialized and, 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 and became clear to me that what I really wanted was getting values back into my life that I had violated or I, had, or, or I was in, 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 in uh, violation with. And it was, um, you know, what I had originally committed to Petra um, that was also had to do with the, the, the children. Um, and in all this played together, really, and this is, I think, was a very big deal, uh, noticing and acknowledging how much Petra had actually grown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I knew her in the middle of it going forward and she was just so strong and wise and uh, everything she did, you know, I felt I felt like I was just more of a sounding board for her a lot of times cuz she would say something I'm like, "Yeah, you're that's right. You're doing great. That's perfect." Um very wise. That- that, that was the other thing that when I approached Petra, so there was um, quite a while when I didn't even approach Petra, but once I approached her, um, it was almost like, you know, um, you know, a list of things that Petra knew immediately what we needed to do in order to have a good chance of mm-hmm. this reconciliation to work out. So Petra was, um, even though she can tell you um, herself, um, as su- surprised she was when I approached her, she was extremely well prepared. And as you remember her mm-hmm. correctly, she was extremely strong and, mm-hmm. and smart and wise uh, about it. And she was really our guide uh, mm-hmm. through the, the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I want to get Petra to weigh in on more of that. But before we do, there are some, but I, I don't want to get that far yet. So one of the questions that, that she had a lot of time, a lot of times during while you were still in the affair, I remember is she kept wondering, does he feel too guilty to come back to the marriage? That was a huge thing that we talked about a lot. And so was that ever a thought in your mind? So um, I did feel guilty about a variety of things that um, I had done. I mean, I felt uh, guilty about how much I hurt Petra, how much I hurt the children. Um, I felt guilty about not being able to live, um, with, you know, in accordance with some of my my core values. But I never really had this point where I felt too guilty to come back. But I I do want to say something that I don't think is a guilt thing. But um, I definitely had the thought that at some point I had already done so much damage that I may as well just go through with it. And, um, you know, in retrospect, now looking back, um, whoever understands a little bit more about, um, you know, motivating motivation and so on, um, such, such thoughts are based on, on typically very bad and dark 
emotions and are usually not good motivators. So um, to answer your question, I, I don't think I felt ever so guilty that I couldn't think of going back to my marriage, but I thought, you know what, it's already so broken, I may as well just, you know, completely destroy it. Mm. And what about the kids during this time? Because there was a time when the two of you were separated quite a distance. Right. So what was your relationship like with your kids when you were separated from all of them? So as it often happens, and I, you know, can only really speak from my case, but, you know, listening to Joe, uh, learning about how these affairs often work is, um, and I mentioned this before, you rationalize a lot of things. So um, even though I had very clear evidence that my kids were suffering, and I can tell you more in detail if you're, if you're interested in what this was specifically, I told myself that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and it's kind of this, you know, yeah, they, they you know, uh, they got, they had, they had their problems. Actually, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, at least one example. Um, our daughter, she was a, a straight-A student, and she got into college, did extremely well. And this, uh, this my affair and then being far away from, from her um, affected her so much that she, she basically dropped out for a year, right? So basically mm-hmm. from a top-grade student to not being able to, to deal with the pressure in, 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 in college. Um, and uh, so I had, you know, in retrospect, it's about, you know, how much of a um, correlation do you, do you want to have? But I, I kind of told myself, uh, you know, I, I suffered with her, but I told myself, you know, that's not really my action. That's just, you know, a phase she is going through. So um, one of the great dangers that I remember during this time of limerence is that you tell yourself whatever you want to hear to kind of justify that it's okay what you're doing. And it's a very, very dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Because our kids really suffered. And so you asked me about how I felt. I always cared about our children. Um, And as I said, I saw that they were, were hurting, but I rationalized that you know, they're just going through a difficult time and it doesn't have anything to do with my, my actions. Does this make mm-hmm. sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It makes, it makes ton of sense. Ton of sense. Right. So because you were separated by an ocean, did you do anything to reach out to them? Did you call them? Did they call you? Was there an open line of communication? Yes. Um, I should also say uh, our daughter was um, much more vocal about her dissatisfaction, her frustration, her anger, and so on, um, which in some way makes it almost easier to cope with it, if you know what I mean. Um, whereas our son, um, he, was, he continued to be extremely loyal and supportive to me. Peter always says, you know, he still looked at me as a role model, um, but he eventually really played a big role in the reconciliation process. And as far as contacting, we were in regular contact. I flew, so I lived on, on Hawaii. The family was in California. Um, I, I, I flew pretty much every month um, for one long weekend. I uh, flew back on the mainland. Um, we texted, emailed, talked. So I, for me, it was very important to stay in, in, in as much communication with um, our children as possible. Mm-hmm. 
Was it difficult to make that a priority? Like, did you have to work hard to make that a priority or did it come very natural? No, it, it, it was the latter. It, it's something I really wanted to do. Um, that was very important to me. Mm-hmm. That's good. I know a, a lot of times that's not what ends up happening. You know, some of the parents that leave have good intentions because they want to be a part of the children's lives, um, things like that. I even see that in one of my cousin-in-laws that her, you know, her dad's not around anymore and he has good intentions of wanting to be around her, but he won't call her or he'll text other people to ask how she's doing or he won't show up when he's supposed to. Um, And I just can't ever wrap my mind around why a parent would do that or how they would um, not follow yeah. through. So I, I can, I can see this in, in under the following circumstances. Um, as I said, my daughter was quite vocal um, mm-hmm. about what I had done and uh, her, her disapproval was, was very known to me. And so mm-hmm. When she got very angry at me, which every now and then she did, um, mm-hmm. it kind of felt, it, it made it easier to, for me, and it's a, it's a very bad excuse again, right, um, to kind of say, oh, she doesn't know how to behave, right, so, you know, I'm going to just let this, you know, you know, maybe, you know, not call this week or don't contact her for, for a little while. But I mm-hmm. never went to a point where, so this never really occurred between me and my daughter uh, to the extent that we stopped communicating for an extended period of time. But I can mm-hmm. see that, um, you know, this a situation like this can evolve into breaking contact, mm-hmm. also from yeah. the parents' point of view. In particular, yeah. with more adult children, I should, you know, uh, you, you kind of know, and for the, the audience here, you know, daughter was already in college, uh, son was, uh, finishing up high school, so kids were already, you know, late teenagers, uh, beginning of twenty, um, when this, when it was in the final stages. So they were, you know, still kids, but nearing adulthood. Mm-hmm. Right. That does make sense. Now, now, Petra, let's let's kind of shift to you. So we're still in that time where he hasn't come back yet for reconciliation. You were doing a lot of things. Now, you, he had said that by the time he contacted you and he said he was ready to reconcile, you had pretty much made a plan for if that were to happen because you knew how to respond, you knew what to do, everything was kind of put in order. Do you feel like, like you did that on purpose? Was that an intentional thing that you had done? Whew, that's, that's a hard question to answer I think to not that I actually sat down and and made a plan Um, but on a subconscious level I was always convinced that Richard would wake up at some point and see what he had done Um, what I didn't know was if it would be in time for us to to reconcile Um, Mm -hmm. so what was when Richard actually asked me for reconciliation. I know that I did not jump um, at the opportunity, but um, you may remember that I contacted you and I contacted Joe and Mm -hmm. I needed some time to think. And also um, 
I needed some time to see how serious Richard really was because there were a couple of times, well, twice, I think, before where Richard had told me that he actually wanted to reconcile, but not really. Um, and I, I wasn't really willing to go back to that, uh, hoping that he would really come back, but not really being in a place this time around was really different. Uh, I mean, it became it became apparent fairly quickly um, that Richard was really serious, mm-hmm. and so that was really the time when um, I reached out to to you and Joe uh, to find out how do you really go about it. So it was not like I had it all planned out before Richard asked me for reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Well, you you say that, but, but you you had done a lot of work beforehand, and you would ask questions yes. that were very um, forward thinking, future thinking, even about situations that weren't happening at the time, such as if he were to contact me and say this, what do I say back? If this were to happen, what would I say back? So, do you think maybe you were doing more than you? thought you were doing that's that's quite possible <laughs> if i may chime in real quick uh, peter is a very very humble person and yeah. um uh, i i think that um even though you know i when i said she already had a plan it wasn't you know like peter just confirmed she had this list of items one through ten but um she really mm-hmm. was mentally very very strong and very prepared um, mm-hmm. So I'll give you a few examples, if, if I may. Um, so she knew, and this was almost like a condition of hers, um, that we needed help. Mostly, I needed help. Yeah, because she had already gotten a lot of help. I needed help, and uh, mm-hmm. so it was very important um, that in a process that is that sensitive, you know, my affair um, was uh, took lasted almost pretty much four years. And for the last mm-hmm. uh, nine months, we lived apart. And uh, so uh, I think it is very important that even if you think you know what you're doing, you're, you, you likely don't unless you get very good professional guidance mm-hmm. in A, what to do, what not to do, what to expect. Because, um, you know, I don't want to talk too, too much ahead because um, I'm just wanting to say Petra knew a lot of these mm-hmm. things um, mm-hmm. and was able to point either me or, you know, with you because my first uh, two uh, coaching sessions, you remember, I actually had with you, right, before you mm-hmm. kind of uh, phased out and um, we uh, then had Terry help us. So that was a big deal, right, rather than kind of from scratch trying to figure these things out. Yeah, and one thing I think I would like to add was, um, throughout those four years, um, I had really learned um, how to become a better me, how to become a better spouse, a better mother, and, and a person in general. And just learning these things is not enough. You have to continuously apply what you have learned. And I think that was that made a huge difference when Richard came back that I was – really 
trying to apply all the things that I had learned, um, which I did for the most part. Of course, I screwed up here and there, as we all do. I mean, we all have our flaws. Um, but working on applying, that is so important um, to, to in reconciliation, that you really apply all the things you have learned. Absolutely. It, it's so important. And you had done a lot of different things, even before you found Marriage Helper. And I don't even know how you found Marriage Helper, but I believe the deal that you made when the first interaction you had with Marriage Helper and with Richard was Joe was going to come and do a special two-day thing with the two of you. And that was kind of your last hope. Is that correct? Um, last hope, yes, and also at the same time, it was when I needed to really let go, um, because at that point, I knew I had done everything in my power, and I honestly would not have known what else I could have done uh, to yeah. help our our marriage to, to get to reconciliation, mm-hmm. um, and so we had... Joe, well, first off, I heard through you guys very late in the game. And I heard about you from a very good friend of mine who had found you. She was in a very similar situation. And she had found you. And she introduced me to Marriage Helper. And she also um, told me about the um, 911 course that you offer. And so when I looked into it, I was really amazed and I thought this is what I want to do in order to let go. So Richard mm-hmm. at this point desperately wanted to get rid of me and I offered him um, to move back to California where our kids were um, if he would do the workshop with me. But he didn't do that and in the end we agreed that Joe would come to us and since Richard even after those two days he still insisted that he wanted to stay with his affair partner and he wanted to get rid of me. Um, that's why I said, okay, if you do this for me, then I am going to move back. And having done this together with Richard really helped me to say, okay, um, I'm not going to actively fight for my marriage anymore. I'm going to move on. But at the same time, I'm going to leave the door open for reconciliation. Right, which is exactly what you did. That that answered my next question. I was going to ask you, so why did you continue trying to, to do things to facilitate, you know, maybe facilitate is not the right word, but even after that deal was made and you ended up leaving because, you know, the two days went and gone and, you know, Joe left and you still had to leave. It didn't, uh, that two days, alone wasn't what saved your marriage at that time. Um, What do you think it was that ended up resonating? Was it time that it took? Was there, was there one thing that really just maybe Richard, you have a different thing than Petra, but was there one thing or was it a series of things or was it just everything that kind of brought all of this together and made it make sense and finally reconcile? Hmm. Um, 
I'm I'm not sure I, I exactly know what to say. Richard, do you? Uh, so I so I think and, and Joe would probably agree with what I'm about to say is um, at that point at this time at that time when Joe visited us, um, I was I was I would say I was in stage two or this affair was in kind of a stage two limerence, mm -hmm. and that is when it's you know I don't want to say impossible but it's almost impossible to break it um, when you're at this stage. Um, in retrospect, uh, you know, it's kind of, you're, you must break it, but it's just, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a person um, who is very determined um, and a uh, good level of stubbornness is clearly along with it, a good level of arrogance and selfishness also. Um, so at this point, I think Joe didn't have a chance I think uh, about, even during this time, I must say, uh, and I've seen this during the workshop because Peter and I, um, as you know, Kimberly, um, we attended the workshop um, just a few months ago. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I found extremely remarkable, and you know, even though I didn't reconcile at this point, I, Joe left me with feeling I had made a friend, someone I would trust and highly regard and respect um, he told me a lot of things that um, I intellectually understood, but I wasn't emotionally available to act on it, if that makes any sense um, mm -hmm. uh, to you. So mm -hmm. uh, when, when, you know, one of the many things that Cho left us, and that's maybe one of the things, uh, Kimberly, that may answer this question that you actually asked is, um, you know, Cho left with, um, you know, as always, um, things, things may always turn out differently. So let me, let me say this the following way. When Joe left, he said, Richard, um, you know, I feel with you, um, uh, the path, let me just say the path that, that you're choosing to go forward is going to cause a lot of pain. Mm. And I know what pain this is. And you know, we know that Joe really knows what he's talking about in this regard. And he was very right. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure, uh, Kibale, if I'm, if I'm actually answering um, this question, but uh, Joe made an, a, a, a big impression. And I would even argue when you go and attend the 911 workshop, even if you go in with your opinion, which, which is what I would have done, you know, I'm just going to do this because Peter and I agree that that's, that's part of, you know, our deal. If I don't reconcile after that, then she, she agrees to move on and we separate, right? Um, this 911 workshop, even though you are, you don't get this one-on-one -on -one experience with Joe so much, it creates an atmosphere that is very unique. And what you learn there when you see you're not alone, um, how couples respond to it, um, that makes that certainly makes you think. And I would imagine that most couples um, may not immediately turn, but eventually. Mm -hmm. Right, because really what we do is we teach. And, you know, that's what Joe did at the two-day thing with you. That's what we do at our workshops. It's really what y'all end up doing with it when you get back into your daily lives that makes all the difference. So, from my outsider perspective, you know, it was 
a, a combination of a lot of things that kind of all it didn't all fire at once. It's one of those it's one of those things like people look at something and they're like, Oh, it's an overnight success and it's like, No. <laughs> there was actually no. a lot of work yeah. and a lot of time and a lot of sweat and tears that went into this. And so, you know, Peter yeah. had been working on herself like we had talked about. She'd been doing this and that and the other, just always working on herself. And and even when you came back and you did say, Okay, I want to reconcile you know, she didn't look at you and say, you, well, you know, you're broken. You have to fix this, that, and the other before I'll even consider wanting you back now. It was a very, I'm going to walk alongside you. I've done, like, I've walked this road. Let me walk beside it with you and let's see where it takes us. It was more of that. She was, she had empowered herself and now she was going to take that and use it to help you through this time as well. Would you agree with that? I was going to actually say that. So, um, and it was in particular the last um, sentence you said, um, which is Petra really was there for me, right? So I, you know, I want whoever listens to this kind of um, picture this is, you know, I'm the one who had the affair. I'm asking for reconciliation. You, everybody heard, you know, how Petra felt and, you know, took uh, each step at a time. But during this recalling, reconciliation process, um, Petra was actually uh, holding me and helping me um, to really disconnect um, and, and, and get back on the right track. And there were actually a few setbacks even that, um, you know, she helped mitigate. So uh, that is probably one of the most amazing things that I really didn't expect and didn't see coming, but um, that's what she did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Peter, do you have anything to add? Um, no, no. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. No, it's just the way it was, right? <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. So we've talked about being the, the reconciliation process, and we talked about how both of you, you know, Peter had done the help, uh, Richard, you got help. You both started kind of working on coming together again as a couple. What do you think the best thing that you did in the reconciliation process together was? So uh, I think the best answer to this uh, question is uh, by stating first what Petra had told me many times, even during while I was still in the affair that, you know, we have the opportunity to build something much better, a much better marriage than we ever had. Mm -hmm. And this was really the path that we both wanted to go on. Um, Neither of us wanted to go back to the old relationship. And I I want to actually emphasize that looking back, looking before I had the affair, Peter and I, I think we had a way above marriage, actually. Um, But we both were very clear uh, that we didn't want to just go back. We wanted to build something new, something better. And um, uh, that gave me personally a lot of motivation. And so when you want to build something better, you have to kind of learn how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and this is where, uh, you know, marriage health organization really comes in big time. Um, but as Petra also said, it's, um, you know, and Kipler, you said it, marriage helper teaches 
they give you, Bertelbo gives you tools. And um, uh, these tools don't do anything unless you apply them. Um, right. And then, you know, it's, uh, and it's, there's no miracle, there's no magic, right? Um, it is magical how well it works, you can argue this way, right? But you have to take the action. And so what Petra and I really did um, is implementing things. Um, and there's a, a, a fairly long list of, of things that we both implemented and took action on that we were taught right, would really make a difference. And it's not just only because we were taught that they would make a difference. They really seem to make sense. And I would imagine that for different couples, when they go through reconciliation, um, you know, different things may work better or worse, right? So this is something you have to try out and figure it out. But I think that one of the key things was that, that at least from my perspective, Peter, please chime in, was this, 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 excitement and this desire for both of us to want to build a even better marriage. That was definitely the, the biggest driver um, for, for both of us. And it also gave us a common goal. Um, as you know, Kimberly, that's one of the big things. When you have a common goal as a couple, that is a very powerful thing that will help to propel you forward together in a positive way. Mm-hmm. That's, and I, but I also do, do want to add um, is while we were very motivated, um, you know, this doesn't naturally come necessarily easily, if you know what I mean, right? You, you really have to want to do that. You have to be open and listen to, um, you know, your teachers, the people like uh, in your organization, uh, Kimberly. Um, and the wonderful thing is, right, you do have the resources um, and I would even say you have the, the, the comprehensive list of resources that you mm-hmm. need, um, uh, and then, you know, you, you apply them, um, but you have to do it. Right. And it's extremely, it's extremely rewarding. It's not like, so I'm, you know, uh, I believe I do work hard in my life, but I also like the idea of relaxing and, and taking it easy every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh you know, it's just when you say, you know, now I have to work on my marriage. This, you know, sounds like there's there's extra work, but it's just probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. And um, the other thing mm-hmm. is, it's a path that you're on. Not like mm-hmm. that. You know, um, once you are through this program, and you have you know done exercises one through ten, you're done. And understanding that that's not the case, but it's really you going down a path where you constantly learn how to better understand your partner, mm-hmm. um, how to be a more responsible person, um, and all these things, and you know them 10 times better than I do, um, that is what ultimately makes you successful. So in this sense, the path is the goal, right? Um, mm-hmm. Once you're on the right path and you understand that um, you're going to continue to invest into your relationship and you're going to get not, you know, not only are you going to get back what you invested, you get like 5x, 10x back what you invest. That's the beautiful Absolutely. thing. Um, uh, John, uh, John Joe calls it as this aspirational uh, phase where you can really can generate synergy. And um, I'm just really grateful. I cannot tell you how grateful I am. Um, to be in this position now, I do remember very well 
how much effort and discipline it took and how much pain and, and frustration it sometimes we had to overcome uh, to get to this uh, path. And I'm also aware, I'm not saying that from now on there won't be any pain. Um, I'm, uh, you know, it's just something that when you know you're on a path like this, you'll hopefully be much better prepared for, you know, when something else happens, like a sickness strike. So, I mean, you know, whatever life throws at you, you know, that's something that's not up to us. <laughs> but um, you, you want to build this, this bond and be on a path where you, you know, hopefully can deal with whatever life throws at you. Do you think that the reconciliation process ha- let me let me phrase the question this way so I'm not doing a leading question. If you had to describe the reconciliation process in one word, what word would you choose? Can I have two? <laughs> Maybe um, I'll let you have two. <laughs> um, well, let me try one word. Um, I didn't give you this question. No, I give, I give you a couple of choices because <laughs> I, I never, I'm, I'm never, I'm, I never really follow exact instructions. Um, but uh, words like uh, blessing, um, uh, uh, reward, um, fulfillment, these things come come to mind. Petra, you wanna? Can you think of words? Uh, I was thinking along a different line of, of um, what, I mean, it's a word that I've used several times today already, is um, really applying everything you have learned. Just like five words. Yes. So apply. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you have like a handful of words, Kimberly, Okay. A hand, a handful is good, you know, because there's people out there, and one of the the things that they don't want to get into is they think it's going to be really uh, draining, emotional, hard. And I'm not saying those aren't words that are part of it, but I think that a lot of people think it's like sitting in a in a therapy room with a counselor. And you're having to hear about your spouse telling you all the ways that you hurt them and everything you did wrong. And then that has to happen back to you. And it's just, it doesn't sound fun, but in reality, it's actually, it can be pretty fun. Would you agree with that? It is. It is. Um, I would call it extremely rewarding, uh, Kimberly. And it can be fun. Peter and I are people um, who, who love to laugh. Um, so yes, we had fun. Um, and I would definitely agree with what you just said. Sitting in a room um, and 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 really just complaining or or you know or dwelling or things really doesn't get you far. And um, but that's why I'm I'm also so strong. I want to encourage people who feel who you know may have this opportunity to reconcile. You you really need to get help so you know what you need to do and what you shouldn't do. And then you have to start implementing it. And the, the, mm-hmm. the other wonderful thing is you have to take each step at a time. And uh, sometimes there are setbacks. And you need to be aware that almost inevitably you will have setbacks. But that's mm-hmm. only there so the next day you can go forward again. And uh, mm-hmm. it's really this, 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 this path and uh, this willingness. And, you know, that's why I said it's, 
Yeah, uh, Kimberly, it is fun because when you actually succeed, right? When you, it's like when you when you go to work or when you go to college and you learn something, you apply it and you see the success, right? It's everywhere in life. And that's maybe the other thing that I find so rewarding out of this is not only does this help does what we have learned through marriage help and, you know, what we have implemented in our lives, helps our marriage. It helps us as parents. It helps me professionally. Um, you know that uh, where I work. Um, so it is, you know, what, what Marriage Helper teaches you is about life. And mm-hmm. it's all, wherever you go in life, you deal with every relationship benefits from it because what you really mostly learn is how you can become a better person. And that's the essence of it. That's right on. I see a, a workshop leader in our future. <laughs> 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 okay, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, so, but you're saying something, Kimberly. Um, so Petra is, as, as, as you know, and as some of the people who are listening uh, know, Petra is actively uh, supporting Marriage Helper. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to find ways to also be more actively involved. And um, um, I am very open to creative ideas, how I can um, be of help. Um, it is very, I feel um, very strong about giving back and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully helping others. I do this on a very, very small level right now on an individual basis that some people have approached me. Um, but uh, Peter and I, as you know, Kimberly, are very motivated to um, learn and hopefully become, you know, get in the footsteps of you guys a little bit. Well, serious. I mean, y'all are wonderful. We absolutely love everything that you're doing for us now. Peter does an amazing job at helping us in the in all the Facebook pages. She's such an encouragement. So many people look to her for guidance, and they absolutely should because she's done so many things right and she's such a strong person she's a great role model to have absolutely and richard knowing you and your your openness your transparency about your story and the way that it's reached thousands of people through the podcast has been so helpful to people that you're never even going to know but it's life changing it's life changing would you ever would have thought when you all were going through the worst of it that it would have this kind of impact now? <laughs> to be honest, no, no. I mean, I I definitely knew that I wanted to give my marriage my best shot. And even during the time where it looks um, that we would not get back together while we were separated, um I was so grateful for everything I had learned, and I knew that something good would come out of it. I've always been telling everybody that I simply knew that good things would be coming out of this, but what actually has come out of it is uh, I couldn't have imagined it any better. I mean, it's even better than anything I could have imagined. So, um, And that's what I so much want for all the people fighting for their marriage, to, to get to this point, um, because it's, it's just wonderful. It's 
I mean, I'm so grateful um, that Richard and I are on this path together now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'm lacking the right words. <laughs> What would y'all say to the people who they don't have much hope that their marriage is going to come back together, but they want to have hope for their future, that it can be good no matter what happens? So I have definitely one thought, and it's, it's, it's um, you know, taking what um, Petra said um, and, 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 you know, saying this to everybody, to you all, Y'all who are listening, um, I was waiting for a sentence where I could actually apply that. Uh, so you have you you have no control over what your spouse does, but you have one hundred percent control over what you do. Mm. And uh, when you think about this, uh, the first statement is kind of disappointing, right? But the second statement is extremely empowering because what it also means, and this is something Petra can elaborate more if she, if she wants to, it also means that your spouse cannot make you do things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so what Marriage Helper offers you are tools that inevitably will make you a better person. And better people are more attractive people. You know, think mm-hmm. of the pies. Many of you know what the pies are. Um, and, uh, you know, you want to ultimately become, and I'm stealing a phrase from Petra here, so credit goes to her. Uh, you know, you want to ultimately become a person where it's absolutely foolish, stupid, that your spouse walks away, for, walks away from. And... Um, Marriage Helper gives you the tools, and now I'm saying a but, but it's this encouraging but. No, actually, let me not say but, because but has this negating, you know, connotation. Mm -hmm. And you have to apply what you learn. Mm -hmm. And you can only win. So I'm not trying to, you know, diminish the pain and the hardship that many of you are going through. Um, Not at all but I want to give you encouragement that you cannot do anything wrong by working on yourself um, and becoming a better person, becoming a more attractive person. And the likelihood, and Kimberly knows numbers uh, you know, much better than I do, and the likelihood that you actually will, through this, save your marriage goes dramatically up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my my statement or, or, or response to your question, Petra, want to add to this? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still so I saw when you started that, right? I'm sorry. But that's perfectly fine. That's absolutely okay. <laughs> well, Petra, I know that you deal with it a lot, and when you write your answers on the Facebook group, it's always so eloquent and always so encouraging Um, and you just have always been encouraging people to continue to do the things that will work while also focusing on themselves and trying to find that uh, that inner motivation no matter what that other person has which is wonderful that you're able to do that 
Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I think I want to put um, a little bit of emphasis on what Richard already touched on. That is, when you really work on yourself, um, work on becoming the best spouse, mother, parent, um, and, and person in general, even if you do not if you will not be able to reconcile your marriage. Even so, it does give you the best chance to reconcile, but let's just assume for whatever reason it's not going to happen. You are still going to really benefit big time mm-hmm. um, from having done this work on you. Um, and that is huge. That is so big. And here's one thing, why, one of the reasons why I really love to volunteer for Marriage Helper, and that is with every marriage that not only gets reconciled, but even better. And even if the reconciliation does not take place, but the person learns and applies all these things with every person who does that, our world becomes a little bit more of a better place, and I love that. I'm sorry. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. It has been an honor talking to the two of you tonight. Thank you so much for for your insight, for your story, for the fact that both of you did the right thing, uh, did the hard work, actually applied it, and, and the fact that you're helping other people uh, do you have anything that you would like to add before we end the program? I have a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I want to return the, the, the thanks, um, uh, Kimberly. It's an honor to be on the show, um, and it's um, you know we would love to help. And uh, if there's one means to do so, uh, we are thrilled to do it. Um, I do want to make one one other statement that I believe um, is very important to recognize for all the people um, who are listening. Um, and who are trying to fight for the marriage um, and feel alone. Um, the actions that those does, you know, whatever he or she does um, that drives him or her out of the marriage are this person's action and say nothing about you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very important to understand. Whatever they say, whatever they do, only reflects on them, not on you. Continue mm-hmm. to do the right thing. Follow what marriage shelter teaches you, and you will come out ahead. It's really going to be your benefit uh, and the people you touch. Mm. I love that. That's awesome. Peter, what about you? Um I think I said everything already in the last statement, but thank you, Kimberly. <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so good to, to talk to you, Kimberly. It's, um, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very uh, grateful uh, that we know you guys, you and, and, and Joe, and uh, you know, we look forward to continue working with you. And oh, all yeah. prayers and good thoughts are with Joe, um, especially tomorrow. And uh, Joe, you are loved so much and needed by so many people. So we're really hoping that you will be up and running really soon again. He absolutely will. It The past uh, three days, 
he's gone ahead and been in the hospital to get rid of the of a current infection thingy before uh, before the surgery tomorrow. And I've been in there with him, and we've been working <laughs> like ten and twelve hour days. So I sit there, I sit there, and we and we talk, and we get stuff done, and we're writing, and it's it's been so productive. And he even said today, he said. We've gotten more done in the past few days than we would have in a month. <laughs> I'm like, yep, you need to go in the hospital more often. No, but um, yeah, we're yeah, we're. <laughs> you, you guys made very good use of of, of this uh, for you know what life to do with you at this point. Exactly, you made extremely good use of it. We are very proud of you. <laughs> Well, well, thank you. And I'm sure we're going to have both of you on again soon. And I hope to see you back in Nashville sometime soon. Love being around We'd you guys. Love that. We love absolutely that. Yes. love that. We yes. want to do that too. Okay. Awesome. Have a good evening. And to all of our listeners, thank you for listening. And we will see you next Tuesday night. Have a great night. Good night. Good night.